So that is the hymn, Dear Christians, One and All Rejoice. Uh, And this is Law and Gospel on this Tuesday morning, May 17th, in the year of our Lord, 2022. My name is Dr. Mark Laverty, and I am guest hosting for Pastor Baker, who's under the weather and uh, uh, recovering well. And uh, with me, I believe, on the line is Pastor Mark Smith also. Are you there, Pastor? I'm here. I'm here. I sure am. Technology works. Yeah, I'm privileged to be here. Okay, I hope you're doing well this morning. Doing just great. Beautiful day, beautiful. Yes, and not only a beautiful day, but we have, as you probably well know, a beautiful hymn um, in our Lutheran heritage to look at this morning that has how many stanzas? Uh, Ten I've got right here. Ten in our hymnal. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the only difficult thing about it is if you're going to use it, I I don't always use all the stanzas, even though I'd like to. But uh, boy, that you know you might wear your congregation out after that. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure you and I both know we have uh, uh, surprisingly we have uh, decades between us uh, of uh, church ministry. Uh, I and music ministry. I'm an organist and choir director for 44 years now, believe it or not, and uh, wow. I'm sure you, you have uh, many years of service as a pastor, uh, um, so you have probably used this hymn many times, but uh, one way that it can be sung uh, without doing all 10 verses at, or stanzas at once is to maybe break it up five at the beginning of the service and maybe five during distribution or something like that. Right. Yeah, that's that's one way you could do it. I know that's the way I think uh, uh, Tom Baker, Pastor Tom Baker, does it, too. Yeah. I usually just start with the first four. I see. Yeah, that's that's a good way to do it. Um, But, uh, you know, uh, the old Lutheran hymnal used to have a lot of uh, hymns that had even more than 10 stanzas. I can think of a few that had 15. Oh, yeah. Uh, And that, that used that used to intimidate me and kind of put me off, but as I have grown in my faith and uh, in my age, uh, I read these stanzas, and every one of them is usually profound and inspiring, and uh, so it doesn't bother me that there are so many stanzas. Yeah, that's the case with this hymn in particular. It's it's the whole story here from, uh, uh, from our need for salvation up to... Uh, up to his ascension and beyond. There's a lot of theology yeah. in this hymn. Yes, uh, stanza nine in particular uh, refers to the ascension, and uh, so we've got a lot of uh, meat and potatoes here theologically. Uh, there's a lot of gospel and law mentioned in this uh, hymn, and uh, so I guess uh, I thought I would start ask you to start, uh, Pastor, with a prayer before we uh, dive into this hymn. Okay, I'd be happy to. Yes. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, blessed and holy Trinity, we give you thanks for this beautiful day and this opportunity to uh, share God's word by this beautiful hymn with the people listening in to Law and Gospel. We give you thanks for the the Lutheran heritage that we have, and particularly all of our uh, terrific hymnody, and the great story that is conveyed in this particular hymn uh, by Dr. Martin Luther himself. We pray that you bless our uh, reflection on it, 
and uh, that the gospel would be shared and that your, your people would be uplifted and touched. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, so just a couple um, brief uh, prefatory mark, remarks. Um, in in one commentary, it's, uh, it refers to this hymn. The earliest printing of this hymn carried the following superscription, a Christian hymn by Dr. Martin Luther setting forth the indescribable grace of God and the true faith. As such, this hymn of Martin Luther set the Reformation gospel before the common people, the German people at the time, on the wings of song as a remarkably clear and complete summary of the Lutheran doctrine of justification. And uh, for reference, this hymn appeared in uh, apparently a book, uh, uh, a hymn book uh, from around eight, uh, 1524 called the Ox Liederbuch, which means uh, basically it had only eight hymns or eight songs in it. So uh, it goes back a ways. Uh, what is that? About 500 years uh, almost. Yeah, right. Yes. The time of the, time of the Reformation era. Yes, exactly. And uh, reading further in this com- commentary, uh, it's uh, one of Luther's finest hymns and has been used in the Missouri Synod since around 1889. So we have a real treasure here in our Lutheran uh, hymnody. Yeah, indeed it is. It's one of my favorite uh, of of Luther's hymns. This and the Mighty Fortress is Our God, I think, are my, my, my top two. Yes. And not only did Luther write the text, uh, which was translated by a Richard Massey, uh, but he uh, supposedly also wrote the tune. And the tune is used for several different hymns in our uh, Lutheran service book. Um, so uh, I encourage our listeners to uh, to look that up in their hymnals. Um, surprisingly, with 10 stanzas, uh, it only takes about four or five minutes to read all of these stanzas. So before we get into the actual text, uh, as you know, Pastor, down at the bottom of every hymn in our hymnal, there are in tiny, tiny letters uh, some scripture references. And I thought I would would read some of those, uh, if I may, and uh, because they relate to this hymn. The first one is Psalm 98, verses 1 through 3. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. And then uh, the second scripture, and jump right in if you uh, feel compelled to do so, Pastor. Okay. I'll go right ahead and read the second one, 2 Timothy 9 through 10. Yes, 2 Timothy chapter 1, 9 through 10, right. Yes. Um, God, who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, 
who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Yeah, that really conveys the uh, the message behind this hymn, I think, very well. Yeah, it's a real long gospel uh, hymn, to be sure. And um, um, so let's see, then the next scripture reference is from Galatians 4, verses 4 through 5. Galatians 4, 4 through 5. But when the right. time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons. So there's a clear reference to inheritance of, uh, of uh, grace from, from our Savior. Yes. God said to his beloved son, it's time to have compassion. And uh, then, go, then go, bright jewel of my crown, and bring to all salvation. Uh, so, uh, and then the sixth verse, the son obeyed his father's will, was born a virgin mother. Yes. When the time was Excellent. when the time was uh, come, God set forth His Son, made of woman, made under the law, in order to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. He came to be my brother. It says in in that uh, sixth stanza. Yes, and and we both know, and many of our listeners know that uh, this is a time uh, when these scriptures were written, um, when the authorities and people in power uh, lorded it over the common people and made them not always feel very good uh, and kept them in submission. And uh, for for God to refer to us as brothers with him, uh, that's pretty significant. You aren't kidding. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was a time, of course. You know, as I read this hymn, uh, it talks about, you know, fast bound in Satan's chains I lay, death brooded darkly o'er me. Sin was my torment night and day, and sin my mother bore me. You know, this also reflects upon the time uh, that Luther went through, a, a very difficult time, a very a very uh, trying time uh, that he just, you know, he, he in, in those days, the days of the medieval church, uh, the gospel was not preached as it should be. And uh, finally, Luther discovered the gospel for himself, and it was like heaven's doors were open to him. It's really a miracle when you look back and think about the extreme emotional and theological pressure that he was under. And yet uh, God used him to uh, reveal the gospel once again clearly to mankind. Uh, tremendous event. Yes. Uh, finally, the uh, fourth uh, scripture reference is from Romans 3, uh, verse 28. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. And I think that's one of the key scriptures that Luther referred to as he, uh, as he tried to uh, restore the gospel to the church. Yes. Sola fide, faith alone, not by yeah. works. Yes. Well, let's dive in. Pastor, why don't you read stanza one? I'll be happy to. Dear Christians, one and all rejoice with exaltation springing. 
and with united heart and voice and holy rapture singing. Proclaim the wonders God has done, how his right arm the victory won. What price our ransom cost him. Wow. I was reading this yesterday, and there's several uh, points on this uh, stanza we can look at. Of course, there's several exhortations uh, that Luther is giving us. Uh, First of all, to rejoice. That's the first one out of the gate. Uh, Yes. Rejoice. There's no reason for uh, sadness anymore. And then he says, proclaim the wonders God has done. The wonder is that he cares about us and that he sent his son to die for us. And uh, don't keep it a secret. Proclaim it to your neighbors and your loved ones and even uh, to your enemies. And uh, finally, he talks, it refers to the victory. Well, the, the victory, what what victory are you talking about? Well, it's the victory over our sin, death, and the devil, uh, and the great price that uh, it cost God and Jesus Christ. Yeah, he he uh, he sent his right hand man. His right arm has won the victory right. for us, namely Jesus Himself by His uh, suffering and death on the cross. It is finished. The victory has been won. Yes. We are reconciled back to the Father. Yes. So stanza one, I I kind of identified as gospel. Stanzas two and three uh, are more law-oriented. And so stanza two, fast bound in Satan's chains I lay. Death brooded darkly over me. Sin was my torment night and day. In sin my mother bore me, but daily deeper still I fell. My life became a living hell, so firmly sin possessed me. I love that, you know, sometimes you hear in in the media and uh, we even think in our daily lives, oh, this is a living hell, that's a common phrase, but literally that's what we're in when we don't have Christ. That's right, and uh, some people realize that uh, soon enough. Uh, and then, and then the, the the gospel is made light to them, and uh, and it, like I said, as with Luther, the, the gates of heaven were open to him when when he discovered the gospel uh, by by grace through Jesus uh, through Jesus Christ. He was you know he was in a, a a bad state prior to that. He you know he was angry at God really because he was living under the law, and if you're living under the law, it's it is it's a living hell. Yeah. Well, I can remember er, earlier in my life when I was not well acquainted with the distinction of law and gospel that uh, life was very confusing and it could often be a living hell. And uh, when I discovered the uh, this doctrine of law, distinction of law and gospel, uh, what a glorious light that was and removed the burdens of sin and guilt that uh, I often carried. Yeah, you know, you you realize that uh, no matter what I go through on this earth, God is always there for me, and He's going to work everything, everything, every single thing that befalls me and happens to me is going to be ultimately worked out for for my good and for them that love God, for them that are called according to His purpose. So it is that really takes the onus off of us, 
And uh, Jesus took the onus on himself when he suffered and died on that cross and pronounced, it is finished. Salvation is accomplished. All the sins have been atoned for. The first sin that was ever committed and the last sin that will be committed on the last day, those have all been atoned for. The the whole world has been redeemed, really. Indeed. Uh, Stanza three, Pastor. You bet. My own good works all came to naught. No grace or merit gaining. Free will against God's judgment fought. Dead to all good remaining. My fears increased till sheer despair left only death to be my share. The pangs of hell I suffered. Once again, that word hell uh, is uh, imposed upon us and uh, to to strike fear in our hearts uh, so that we're prepared for the gospel. Right. Life had become a living hell, as he writes. <laughs> yes. Okay, stanza four, uh, more gospel-oriented. But God had seen my wretched state before the world's foundation, and mindful of his mercies great, he planned for my salvation. He turned to me a father's heart. He did not choose the easy part, but gave his dearest treasure. There it is, the gospel. Yeah, he turned to me a father's heart. He did not choose the easy part. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't easy for God the Father either to to send his own, the apple of his eye, his, his greatest treasure, namely his own begotten son. Had to send him, imagine sending your son to redeem uh, a whole world of uh, of ungrateful sinners, of, of really enemies. Uh, while we were enemies, God died, for, uh, Jesus died for us. Well, I assume you have children, don't you, Pastor? Oh, yes. Got two grown children now and and two grandchildren. So you probably know better than me. I have no children, and uh, how hard that must have been for a father to uh, to to do that uh, to his only son. Oh, boy, you aren't kidding. Yes, I'll tell you. It, and, uh, you know, uh, I, I think of that sixth verse. I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but, but that sixth verse... Uh, It says, he came to be my brother, namely Christ. He came to be my brother. His royal power disguised he bore. A servant's form like mine he wore uh, to lead the devil captive. You know, Jesus, he never... He never set aside his divine power. He always had his divine power and all-knowingness available to him. He simply did not use it. His royal power disguised he bore. That's very well put by the hymn writer. Yes. Uh, Let's see. I guess you have stanza five. We better move along. I sure do. Yeah, you want me to read it then? God said to his beloved son, it's time to have compassion. Then go, bright jewel of my crown, and bring to all salvation. From sin and sorrow set them free. Slay bitter death for them, that they may live with you forever. Go, bright jewel of my crown. That's, that's what God uh, thought of his, his dear son, Jesus. And uh, there's not much more you can add to that, uh, except that it gives us uh, tremendous comfort. Yes. Okay, stanza six. The son obeyed his father's will, was born a virgin mother, and God's good pleasure to fulfill. He came to be my brother. His royal power disguised he bore. 
a servant's form like mine he wore to lead the devil captive. More comfort, more gospel there to uh, to comfort us. Yes. Yes, a servant's form like mine he wore to lead the devil, uh, the devil captive. I'm trying to think of that passage. To lead captivity captive. Yes. Yes. No, pastors. And, then, and this next verse, this next verse, the seventh verse, is really personal. Uh, if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and read it. To me, he said, this is very personal. Stay close to me. I am your rock and castle. Your ransom I myself will be. For you I strive and wrestle. For I am yours and you are mine. And where I am, you may remain. The foe shall not divide us. Boy, what a good devotional verse. You know, uh, Jesus gets very, very personal with us. And, uh, and, you know, there's also shadows of Luther's other hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God here. He says, stay close to me. You know, what a comforting, what a comforting thought. Stay close to me. Like our big brother, uh, stay close to me and nothing can harm you. I am your rock and castle. Your ransom I myself will be. I'll take care. I'll take care of the great cost of sin and death. I'll be your ransom. I myself will be. For you, I strive and wrestle. I came to this world to strive and wrestle and to win salvation for you. And I was always told that if if I was if I was the only sinner in the whole world, that Jesus would have done all of that just for me. And that's what this really conveys. For you, I strive and wrestle. For I am yours, and you are mine. And where I am, you may remain. I will always be with you, and uh, and uh, this very day you'll be with me in paradise, as he said to the, uh, the, the, the repentant thief. The foe shall not divide us. Uh, nothing, nothing in this world will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Life nor death nor any of those things will separate us from his love. Yeah, that is that is probably the most comforting verse of all. Let's move on. Uh, I think we'll get them all. Uh, Stanza eight. Though he will shed, though he will shed my precious blood, me of my life bereaving, all this I suffer for your good. Be steadfast and believing. Life will from death the victory win. My innocence shall bear your sin, and you are blessed forever. <laughs> There's not yes. much you can add to that. Just tremendous stuff. Pastor, Life why don't from... you read Stanza okay. 9? The ninth. Now to, oh, now this is the ascension verse, talking about his ascension. Now to my okay. Father I depart, from earth to heaven ascending, and heavenly wisdom to impart the Holy Spirit sending. He's talking already about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. In trouble he will comfort you, the Holy Spirit that is, and teach you always to be true. And into truth shall guide you. The Holy Spirit, when he comes, will guide us into all truth. He said that to his own disciples, and he says that to us. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Ascension Day is just right around the corner. It's uh, it's uh, May twenty sixth, uh, a week from a week from this Thursday. Yes. Okay. Uh, stand to ten. What I on earth have done and. What I have, what I on earth have done and taught, 
guide all your life and teaching, so shall the kingdom's work be wrought and honored in your preaching. But watch, lest foes with base alloy the heavenly treasure should destroy. This final word I leave you. Amazing, amazing hymn. And uh, I guess uh, all we can do is conclude with amen to this uh, great Luther hymn. Dear Christians, one and all rejoice, uh, number 556 in Lutheran service book. And uh, I hope our listeners were able to follow along um, if they're uh, if they have their hymnals uh, handy. Um, but we're running close uh, to the end of time, <laughs> the end of our time here uh, on the radio. And uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Pastor Mark Smith, uh, you are. Uh, why don't you tell us where you are now serving? Yeah, I'm I'm uh, serving as vacancy pastor out at uh, St. Paul's out in Wildwood. Great people out there, a great uh, congregation, historic congregation, and uh, we love to have you visit us every Sunday. I am serving as organist and uh, choir director over at Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Chesterfield, Missouri, where I actually started my ministry 44 years ago, and... Uh, the people there are very joyful and very close to Christ in working with um, Pastor Rob Rebow. So thank you all for listening. Uh, I'm Dr. Mark Laverty, and uh, hopefully Tom will be back tomorrow. Thank you, Pastor Smith. You're welcome. 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.